the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by the Allworth Law Firm. Lamentations 521 tells us, Turn us back to you, O Lord, and we will be restored. Almost everyone is dealing with recovery of some sort. It could be from addiction, pain, divorce, sin, separation, depression, job loss, or being stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and destructive behavior. Recovery through a relationship with Jesus Christ is the foundation of healing and growing anew. Listen as Pastor Allworth shares how the healing power of a personal relationship with Christ has turned his life around. will help you and your loved ones recover and be restored in his name. God wants you to walk out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Keep listening. Recovery Through Christ with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon, Southeast Texas. And boy, are we going through a heat wave. My goodness. But uh, you know what? Let's... let's uh, Let's get hot for the Lord. Let's get hot for the Holy Spirit today. I want to give you a message that I think will lift you up, whatever you may be going through. Corey, how's the volume on the sound? You sound good. good. You sound great. Okay, thank you. That's my producer, Corey. He's a wonderful young man who uh, helps me every week. Um, And I have been a little under the weather, so I am uh, coming to you from my house over the telephone. The wonders of modern uh, technology. Let's let's start with prayer. Father God, I just come to you tonight um, with humility and uh, with appreciation for what a wonderful, marvelous God you are. I ask that the words that be spoken here today, uh, that they be yours and not mine, and that they touch hearts and minds up there in Jesus' name. So if you're out there, I hope that you're being safe and driving carefully or trying to stay cool. Uh, I do not recall a time where it's been this hot for this long without any rain or any cloud break or, or anything, any uh, relief whatsoever. Uh, so I know that it's dangerous for some people who don't have air conditioning. As a kid, I, I lived uh, twice in the summer. Once I had an internship with a Texas senator named John Tower back in the late 70s. That'll give you a clue about how old I am. But uh, I made $600 a month. And I uh, uh, lived in a house that was unair conditioned with six other people, and I don't know how I did it because Washington D.C. is maybe not quite as hot as Houston, but it is hot and it is humid. And then one summer school in San Antonio, I did the same thing for six weeks. So I want people that don't have AC to be safe, and I, I pray everyone is staying safe and staying out of this heat. It is remarkable, but uh, I want to lift you up tonight, whatever you may be going through may not sound like it at first because we are in a battle and i want everybody to understand what we're going through uh and you know what we're dealing with it may be depression it may be anxiety it may be divorce it may be unforgiveness it may be greed it may be lust it might may be pride or yes it may be addiction to drugs alcohol gambling or pornography people are under bondage from all kinds of things and that is where the enemy wants to keep us But there is an answer. There is a vaccine to all these different kinds of bondage, and his name is Jesus Christ. And we're going to get to that, but let's talk, first of all, 
about how we get there, how, how we get into addictive situations or how we get where we're trapped in our pride and, and it's hurting our personal relationships. Not only that, it's hurting our relationship with the Lord. I mean, look at the, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector where the Pharisee comes in uh, all full of himself and talking about how he's glad he's not like that tax collector, that sinner down there. And, and, and the tax collector or the sinner comes and says, uh, Lord, have mercy on me. I need you. I'm a sinner. And Jesus says that man goes home justified, not the person who was full of himself. So when we're talking about recovery, we can be talking about all kinds of things. Again, you may have lost your job. You may be, have a difficulty forgiving someone that's hurt you. You may have problems with greed or lust or pride or any of these kinds of things. And so the Bible is a book about recovery and the biblical principles that set us free are applicable to any of these situations, and they're certainly applicable to drug addiction to drugs and alcohol. And that's really my ministry is is to try to do what God has done for me, help other people so that God can do it for them, because I can't, but God can, and that is he can call them out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. And again, you may be in darkness from other things. So in his remarkable epistle, which is a fancy letter word for letter uh, that Pastor Hughes and, and the church uses, to the church of Ephesus, which we now call the book of Ephesians, Paul provides the following in Ephesians six ten through 14. He says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness, in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Now, there's been evil in this world ever since uh, the serpent tempted Adam and Eve. There always will be evil, but if we look at things that are going on around us, war and rumors of war, intense weather events, uh, things that are the elect being uh, confused about things, uh, you know, uh, foreign countries have our our country at at odds with each other. You know, we so many of us think that political differences are are worth being enemies uh, against and and get us into all these divisions. And this is just the enemy working. Look, it's okay to have different political opinions. What's not okay is to let yourself be sucked in by the devil. Uh, and the enemy, where, where you begin to hate people who have a different opinion. That's not from God. That's not from God. It's okay to be very, uh, have very strong fervor about your own political opinions, but don't hate your brother or sister because they differ from you. These differences, this, this division that we have in our society, it's, it's coming from a bad place. Some of us have a, a t- hard time understanding what Paul means. Does it mean there's a demon uh, around every corner? Uh, what, what's going on here? Well, let me kind of put this in perspective. Maybe, maybe you can understand it. In 1965, a radio host, commentator, someone with a, a great opinion, and he had a wonderful voice. I'm going to read part of what he said in 1965. He was laughed at and scoffed at when he said this. I don't have his voice. I don't have his ability to enunciate or... Um, but it, it was really strong, and many of you may have heard it before. But in 1965, Paul Harvey said, If I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness. 
and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population. But I wouldn't be happy until I seized the ripest apple on the tree, the, in other words, believers in Christ. So I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve, do as you please. Isn't that what the world tells us today? To the young, I would whisper, the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. So many of my brothers and sisters in Christ have gotten so into the political division of this time that although that as though our answers are from Washington, they are not. Our answers are from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Paul Harvey continued, and then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors on how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. Have you watched TV lately? I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families that war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. This is in 1965, folks. There was only CBS, NBC, and ABC. And, you know, Walter Cronkite gave us the news, just the straight news. What do we have in our media today? Was this not prophetic? If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects but neglect to discipline emotions. Just let those run wild. Until you knew, before you knew it, you'd have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. That's just a fact of life today. But he's saying this in 1965. They made fun of him for saying it. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what do you bet I couldn't get a whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich? This is something that was said in 1965. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned. Swinging is more fun. And what you see on TV, that is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public, I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. He said, signed off, Paul Harvey, good day. Some of you may remember Paul Harvey in that marvelous voice. But what a prophecy. Does that kind of put what Paul said in perspective? For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. I want you to conceptualize in your mind that we are in a battle. As Jesus says in John 10.10, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I have come so that they will have life and have it abundantly. 
So here's the key. Is your priority this world, or is it your relationship with Jesus Christ? Whatever you're dealing with. Too much pride. Oh, we, so many of us struggle with that. I certainly have in the past. Greed, covetedness, unforgiveness. Jesus says, Peter asked Jesus, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times? Which seems like a lot in, in the flesh. And Jesus says, no, seven times 70. So many of us are in bondage to so many different things. And then that also can lead to addiction, to drugs and alcohol as we try to numb ourselves from the chaos of this world. So are you tethered to worldly things, or are you tethered to your Lord and Savior? You see, the world is enticing. Movie stars, sports heroes, glamorous things. I'm not saying we can't enjoy those things. I love the Astros. Fromber, no hitter last night. Verlander, coming back. It's marvelous. But I'm reminded of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew six nineteen through 21, Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus isn't looking for perfect people, because he wouldn't find any. But he is looking for where our hearts are. Where is our priority? Is our vertical relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the number one priority in our lives? Because if it is, then all things are. Seek Jesus also said, seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness first, and all things will follow. That's the key. Are you tethered to this world, or are you tethered to your relationship with Jesus Christ? See, there's nothing wrong with having fun. I enjoy getting going in my pool. I enjoy my family. I enjoy going to movies. I love the Astros. Uh, football season's coming up. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. But fellowship and ministry is my priority. And you can do all those things. You can fellowship. You can do what Jesus asks you to do, preach the gospel to all creation and, and be a witness to all the ends of the earth as to how what he's done in your life by engaging in the world. There's nothing wrong with engaging in the world. We have to. But all too often, we get pulled into sinful behavior through deception. Never forget, my brothers and sisters in Christ, what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He says, And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. See, I fell into that for much of my life. The, the media, the, the, the television shows, the glamour, the, the parties, the, the do what you want, live the life that you want to, you get it all. You know, you got only one life to live. All these things that Satan is masquerading into, they look so wonderful until they suck you in, until until those drinks, occasional drinks, become everyday drinks, until you really can't function without that cocaine, until you can't stop looking at that pornography on your phone. That's where he wants you. You see, in John eight forty four, Jesus has a, a description of, of Satan, which ends that he's the father of all lies. It's through this deception that we get pulled in. The world tells us it's okay, everyone does it. Experimenting with drugs is just natural. Revenge is normal. In fact, it's best served cold. Drinking just makes things fun. It lowers inhibitions. Oh, everybody watches porn and men chase skirts because it's just what we do. <laughs> Look at liquor stores. It says wine and spirits. Even the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7 said, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do. 
So we are fighting our inner fleshly desires, and now we're being influenced by a fallen world. As Paul said, the wages of sin are death, and we are a slave to whatever we obey. Jesus puts it this way, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. I've been there. So Paul asked, oh, what a wretched man am I? Who shall save me from this body of death? Paul answers himself, I thank God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is the answer. You've got to put your priority. I don't care what you're dealing with, what, you has, what you're under bondage with. You're never going to get it right, in my opinion, until you turn to Jesus Christ for your answers. You know, the John, 1 John 2.15 says, do not love the world. You see, the world's not interested. You can't, in your soul, you can't go to the post office and ask them for, hey, can you help me? How can I, how can I save my soul? You know, the IRS is going to come after you for money, but they're not going to help you with your soul. No, nobody. You can call Washington and say, I don't think my streets need to be repaired, but that's not going to help you with your soul. We're in a battle, folks. We're in a battle, brothers and sisters in Christ. And this earth is just temporary, and all these problems that we get so wrapped up in and how we get our egos involved and all these things, they're really not all that important. What's important is where you're going to spend eternity. But Jesus wants you to have an abundant life on this earth, too. So he says, a slave... He says, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits a sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. When Paul goes through, I don't know that I have time, but when Paul goes through that armor of God, that's the only way to get protected in this world, is putting on the armor of God. Paul puts it this way in Romans chapter 12. Verses 1 and 2, if you want to have a better life, if you want to have a better life on earth, and you want to have a closer relationship with, with Jesus Christ, put the world in its place. Enjoy the world. Try to be a disciple and influence the world in a positive way. We engage the world. Our job is to make disciples of all nations. Someday when we stand there in front of our Lord and Savior, and we want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. But, you know, we want heavenly reward. We want other people to say, I had some role in leading that person to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit saved them and, and brought them out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. And I was there. I planted a seed. What a wonderful thing. Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what that is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, I hope you went to the Astros game last night, and I hope you saw Framber Valdez pitch that no-hitter, or you saw it on TV. It was wonderful. It was exciting. It was uplifting. But I hope you also prayed yesterday. And I hope you also read some of, of your Bible. Because there are so many uplifting things in the Bible. Sure, it's nice to get a momentary respite from, from life and watch the Astros or watch a good movie. Or My wife's even got me watching rom-coms these days. and kind of enjoying it, if I have to be, if I have to confess. But... Uh, but the Bible is so uplifting. We're going to talk tonight at the Open Door Mission after this 
about something called the 40 I Am's, which are things that the Bible tells us about ourselves. So if we read these things, it's uplifting. We, we, we are a child of God, Romans 8.16. We are redeemed from the hand of the enemy, Psalm 107.2. We are forgiven, Colossians 1.13-14. We are saved by grace through faith, Ephesians 2.8. We are justified, sanctified, new creation in Christ. These go on and on. A son of God, kept in safety wherever I go, healed by his stripes, an heir to eternal life. The Bible is just full of uplifting messages and messages about how to live and where to put our priorities. Because if we put our priorities in this world, we're always going to be disappointed. I lived that life, searching for fame and money and and alcohol and just pouring these things into a bucket that had a hole in the bottom of them, and I never got fulfilled. I never got fulfilled until I made my relationship with Jesus Christ the most important thing in my life. My marriage was never any good until I made the relationship with Jesus Christ the most important thing in my life. My wife then committed to that, and we have a very strong, intimate marriage today when we had a terrible marriage at one point in time. Seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness first, and all things will follow. Whatever bondage you find yourself in, whatever situation you're dealing with, there's an answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. And as you go out and you face this world that we live in, you got to put on that full armor of God that Paul talked about. He said, you've got to... to Put on the breastplate of righteousness, having girded yourself with waste with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. That's what we've got to do. That's what we're called to do in this life. That's the only way we can win this battle because there are so many influences. We're tempted every day by all these things that are only going to cause us death and destruction. The wages of sin are death. When we, Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. He said that because when we obey his commands, everything in life is better. We have two minutes left. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I want to lift you up. I want you to know that that God has a better plan for you. God has a way of making things. He's got, you know, he's got better plans than we do. In fact, if you want to make God laugh, just tell him your plans. I heard that the other day. God's got a plan for us, and there are freedom truths in the Bible. Let me read you 15 freedom truths. And I hope this lifts you up. I am a new creation predestined for greatness, 2 Corinthians 5.17. I am a child of God, fully accepted by the Father, John 1.12. I am loved by God regardless of how I perform, Romans 5.8. I am forgiven and will not be tormented by my past errors, 1 John 1.9. I'm an overcomer and my faith is changing my circumstances, 1 John 5.4. I am a giver, and God is causing people to help me prosper, Second Corinthians 9.8. I have authority over the devil, and no demon power can hurt me, Luke 10, 17, and 18. Abundance is God's will for me, and I will not settle for less, John 10.10. 10. 
I'm healed and sickness will not lord over my body. First Peter 2.24. God is on my side. I will not fear. Psalm 118.6. The Holy Spirit is my helper. I'm never alone and I have the peace of God. Philippians 4.7. I am blessed and it's a matter of time before things change. What I see now is only temporary. Ephesians 1 and 3 and 2 Corinthians 4.18. I have the wisdom of God. I hear my Father's voice. My steps are ordered by God and the voice of a stranger I will not follow. 1 Corinthians 1.30. I am set in the body of Christ, and You've I know that I am valuable and Christ. important to the work Listen of God. Listen again next Wednesday Corinthians at 5.30. If you missed any of the show, you can catch Ephesians the podcast at kkht.com. I choose not to be offended. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.